Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot button internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly. I'm broadcasting live from the Internet Law Center here in Santa Monica in the heart of Silicon Beach. Please be seated. We have a great show for you today. Um, You may recall last year at the start of the NBA Finals, um, we had uh, the producers of a web documentary, Sonicscape about how the um, the Seattle Supersonics were kind of um, more or less stolen from Seattle and, and taken um, to Oklahoma City. And uh, just this, this the incredible background about that story and, and how it was made. Well, so we're going to be doing another sports edition um, related to the web um, today as the finals are about to begin. Uh, we have Kurt Buckner of... Um, an interesting site, um, the one that you're definitely going to spend a lot of time on if you haven't heard of it before, and it's um, notinhalloffame.com. And um, we're going to talk about it. The site covers all those greats and uh, a whole range of sports from baseball, basketball, football, hockey, NASCAR, and even the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And we're going to talk about all the greats who haven't been given a hall pass. Um, and so um, we'll have him on in a minute. Um, but today is uh, an important day in American history. Today is the uh, 45th anniversary of the uh, shooting of Bobby Kennedy at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. Um, a very sad day in, in, in American history and a day that it transformed us. Um, and um, everyone always wonders what would have happened had he not been shot. Would Bobby have won? And uh, often in politics, there's a lot of discussion. What would Bobby do? Um, he was a he was a major figure. Um, he still continues to inspire many people, including myself. And um, so it was a great loss for America that day. Um, and it's a sad um, moment here in Los Angeles' history as well. But let's bring on um, Kurt Buckner, who is actually um, traveling. We were getting him from Toronto. Um, I don't know why he's there, but he's definitely not there to watch the NHL playoffs. Kirk, are you with us? I'm definitely with you, yes. What what brings you to Toronto? I live in Toronto. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. 
Um, I think no, I'll, I'll throw in some A's so that you know I'm Canadian. Uh, that's okay. I, I'm familiar with it. My wife's Canadian as well. Um, right. I, I know that the, the proper pronunciation is Trana, I, I think, is how, how you, you prefer to have it said. But, um, or a man that will never win a family cup, yes. The, yes, um, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't know what, what brought that about. Um, but there was a time when that was not the case. Um, so, how did this website come about? I came, came around uh, just from uh, just a group of people talking uh, at a bar. Just uh, and then it, was this, it was the year that Madonna got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and there was a lot of people who were questioning that, saying how she's not rock and roll. She got in on the first ballot. And uh, personally, I, I'm all for her being in the hall. With that said, once you sort of look into that, then you realize some of the strange people who are in, and then really more of the strange people who are out. And right. really just being a fun debate amongst friends. And we sort of took it from there. We decided rather than just list the people who were not in, because there are other sites that do that, we would take it a step further and rank. Uh, initially, it was only going to be 100, but then uh, we kind of went crazy and we ranked 500 of those who were not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And every year the ranking changes based on who got in, uh, eligibility, and um, just uh, all votes that came in from the site, too. Because uh, we want to make it also a, a site of the people. So mm-hmm. if there's heavy voting, one favor, because you can vote whether they should be in or out or whether you have a moderate opinion on that, it does affect the rankings quite a bit. So there's a lot of fluctuation that we have year by year. And, and how many are you? In, in terms community? of your, your, your team, you know, your editorial team? Uh, it's, it's about five of us. So, well, five of us on the rock section. Uh, on baseball, it's about three people now. Uh, hockey, truthfully, I quarterback that one myself. Uh, football, three. Basketball, three. And then mm-hmm. our WWE one, which, believe it or not, actually gets the most site traffic. Which one? Which gets the most WWE traffic? WWE section. The actual I didn't even section. know there was a WWE Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, there is. There is. Uh, Where is it located? Actually, it's not. There's no physical place for it. But uh, wrestling fans, they're, they're a passionate bunch. So... <laughs> So there is a Hall of Fame, but there is no building. You just get you get a correct. Wow, it's like it's a virtual Hall of Fame. Yeah, there, there's talk apparently about creating one in Orlando, Florida, but I don't. That, that which probably will happen at this point, but at the, right now there isn't one physically. I mean, that is always the curiosity of you know. Okay, everyone understands the idea of in, the creating the honor. Um, of inducting people into a thing called the hall, but then you actually have a physical structure where people can go and you can, you know, you can kind of monetize it. And so, if I, I remember when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame opened in Cleveland, everyone was like, "Why Cleveland?" Um, and uh, so, it, it, it that itself creates its own debate. And I wasn't sure if you were aware of that. I don't know if you're thinking of exploring any other Hall of Fames, but um, there's actually now an Internet Hall of Fame, and I believe it's in Geneva. I read that, actually. They I'm not sure the- if we're going to expand to that. Uh, there's a few big ones that we haven't really done yet. We've had a lot of people request uh, that we do the Country Music Hall of Fame. Okay. That could be the next one we really look at. And now, any others that people have said you, know, you should dive into? Songwriting. The Songwriting Hall of Fame. Uh, I had a couple people ask about the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, that could happen down the road, but... 
I think if we ever got into the next one, it'll probably be the Country Music Hall of Fame. Now, I I've think. also seen you have some references on the site, you know, with the, the movies you would have on a desert island. And I know, you know, for example, yeah. AFI, for example, comes out with the 100 best you know, of all time or the 100 best comedies, 100 best action. Have you ever thought about doing something like that in the movie range? Uh, actually, we're going to be launching in about two months uh, the Fictitious Athlete Hall of Fame. The ficti- Oh, that's great. So people, this one will be completely by the people. So the first inductee, we're going to take care of ourselves. It's going to be Rocky Balboa. Yo. And then, exactly. Yo, Adrian. Uh, so from there, we will allow, we're going to have uh, 300 people on a ballot, and we're going to sort of pair it the same way that the Football Hall of Fame does there. So they announce a pre-ballot. Four months later, based on a voting that comes in, we're going to put it to semifinalists, then bring it down to finalists. And then by the end of, uh, I guess, probably next July, the first full class will be inducted. Wow. When you went, actually, there's a, a suggestion I can give you that is somewhat of a hybrid um, because it's it's both fictitious and real at the same time. Well, that'd be George Plimpton. You know, because you may recall he, he was an actual, um, he was in training camp for the Lions in the you know, Detroit Lions football team and for the Boston Bruins hockey team, you know, as part of writing a story about what it's like. Um, but, you know, clearly he was not a... a I, I had him on initially on the list, and then we decided we we're going to come up with certain rules for it. So if there, really, if there actually was, which in this case there was a George Plimpton, it wouldn't qualify. So, like, one thing that comes up, one of my guilty pleasure movies of all time is Bloodsport with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes, and again, you're not watching it for the acting. You're watching basically to, to just see him kick some butt. But he played a character named Frank Dukes. There really was a Frank Dukes, so Dang. doesn't qualify. Whereas you've got the Jamaican bobsled team. Well, there really was that. Having said that, Disney yeah. ad- adaptation. They just renamed them four different people. There wasn't a Frank of Coffee doing all that, so they will qualify. Great, I love them. But um, <laughs> and I actually had this thought. Sure, we went on a whole other tangent. I get excited about that. I'm I'm very excited about that launching soon. That's that's going to be great. And um, now, in terms of the response you get, um, do, you know who you know who are the people that follow you? Do you get a lot of response from media, or you know, do you are are you contacted uh, some, often? Some uh, actually, the the most interesting response I got. It was actually the first one I ever ever received. Uh, it was from a gentleman named Charles Connor, who is uh, the original drummer for Little Richard. And oh. uh, his publicist contacted me and I guess wanted me to sort of rank him, but since I don't do the sidemen uh, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I said, well, I can certainly do a, an article on him, and I did. And I had the pleasure of talking to this wonderful man who drummed for James Brown, Sam Cooke, uh, Professor Longhair, and of course, Little Richard, and it was just a, a fascinating topic. So, really, you know, it's really some of the people who contacted me—not so much through the media, but through some of the athletes themselves. Uh, I got to interview Jerry Kramer, who is uh, now currently number two on our football list. Yes, and he was, that was just a wonderful time uh, chatting with him. He was like what, a Packer lineman or something? Yeah, Packer offensive lineman. He's the only man who was selected to the NFL All-50th Anniversary Team, who's not in the Hall of Fame. Well, that makes no sense. I mean, that's, that's no, it bizarre. Doesn't. It, it doesn't at all. I mean, winner of two Super Bowls, one of Vince Lombardi's favorite players. Uh, blocking is never something that we talk about a lot. Obviously, it's the key component of football. 
But you remember a famous catch, famous run. Jerry right. Kramer is part of the famous flock in Super Bowl history. Well, that, I mean, that's an interesting point. I mean, because I know, for example, in basketball, you often hear the phrase, it's, you know, it's, and I think it's true in football, too, is that defense wins championships. And, right. uh, and that the, um, the halls don't reward um, defense. Um, well, the, the interesting thing, though, with, with Kramer, though, is uh, he was, he was an O-lineman, but, you know, there's a lot of offensive linemen actually, that, that get in, so they, they do actually a pretty good job of recognizing that. The only, just for whatever reason, and, you know, there's theories that, that abound on that, uh, actually, one theory that might be part of that, Jerry Kramer wrote uh, a popular, uh, one of the first uh, athlete, athlete books written by an athlete, and it went number one on New York Times. I don't know if he was the first athlete to go number one, but he very well might have been. And so this is a lot of this is written or is voted on by media. And here you have a football player who did something that a lot of these media writers never went number one in their terms. <laughs> and he's that he was the first guy. I mean, now I mean, it's it's relatively common, but it wasn't when he did it. And that was in '67 or '68. Well, he was still an active player. His first book. That is interesting. Now, um, in terms of what 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 you um, get, what you get the feedback on. What are the, what are the, what is the the third rail, or what are the real hot button items on your site that, that people just go crazy over? Uh, mostly baseball, I'd say. Uh, PEDs, performance enhancing drugs. Uh, Mark and, McGuire. Uh, and Pete Rose. Well, Pete Rose is actually a predominant. That's another gentleman I had the pleasure of interviewing too. Uh, Pete, uh, gambling not as much, but it's really the steroid uh, issues with baseball, and you're either strongly in one side or strongly on the other. So, and, and where's the what's the prevailing side in terms of you know, what your responses have been? I'd, I'd say depending on who it is, fifty fifty. Uh, Barry Bonds gets seems to get a little bit more of a pass because prior to his alleged steroid use, he probably was was a Hall of Famer anyway. Right. Uh, guys like Sammy Sosa wasn't. Uh, Roger Clemens has not exactly endeared himself to the public lately. Not that Barry Bonds ever did, but you know, Clemens—it's it, one thing if you were always sort of considered, well, not a nice guy like Barry, as opposed to considered like a great guy like uh, Clemens. And well, now you're not. Yeah. So I, I'd say that, but there, there's a lot of people. They're, they're pretty passionate about that if, if they're anti anti drug abuse. I, I've got a strong take myself. I've actually been for these guys mainly because of baseball's reluctancy at that point in time to really say that hey, this is illegal in our sport, because they never did until recently. And so by, by failing to do that, that you know, you're, you're judged on you know, basically what was allowed de facto, whether it was you know, right. maybe... I mean, they, they had no problem make, raking in money after the strike of 94, when the run chase between McGuire and Sosa brought a lot of people back in. That was I, that was an exciting year. I mean, I, I saw I saw Sosa that year, and of course he hits a home run while I'm walking to my car, <laughs> and uh, so that alone I think disqualifies him from the hall. And um, but yeah, it was a very exciting year, and in many ways it was good for baseball. But I don't think I think there were murmurs, but I don't think anyone was saying you know these guys are juicing. And, and and that's and that's sort of the thing. I mean, like I mean, realistically, when you look back on it, uh, you have you have guys growing so fast, so quick, uh, physically. 
doing things that they weren't able before. And but Sports Illustrated and other sports magazines at the time, there were stories about well, it's got to be juice baseballs or it was the expansion with Florida and Colorado that year. So there were piles of people making excuses, even when McGuire had that big bottle of Andrew in his locker. Oh, really? It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was there was pictures of that, and it was one of those things where I think collectively we all knew, but. Baseball, it's, it's woven obviously more for, for yourself being an American than myself as a Canadian, but it, it's so woven into a North American sports fabric. You want to believe. These, are, these people are mythical. And so you, there's a lot of people having their, their collective head in the sand, and then it's fun to sort of believe, and it's also, unfortunately, a lot of fun to tear people down. I, I've heard you know, um, sports um, broadcasters say, well, I mean, even if he did enhance, I mean, I could take all the steroids on on Earth, and that doesn't have to mean I could hit, um, you know, uh, you know, you know, some of the top pitchers today and knock them out of the park. I mean, you, they still have to swing the bat and, and connect. Right, but it does help them recover from injuries faster. It, they're, True. They're they're able to sort of prolong a career and. You know, physically, like, it looks, you know, looking at uh, Bonds, Bonds and Clemens, both of them. Bonds had his best years after the age of 35. Right. That doesn't happen for any athlete. No, and the same for Clemens. I mean, well, right. Ronald was the best, but when, when did he set the records for, like, was it 17 strikeouts? Was that, I think that was earlier uh, in his career. Clemens had 20 strikeouts in a game. I think that was very early in his career. Now, what about Nolan Ryan? Are there allegations that he... Juiced? No, no. There's never been anything with, with Nolan Ryan. Not, he no. was just, you know, that's just the, that's one hard, hard knocking guy. I mean, he just kept going and going. But um, but he did decline in his later years. I mean, he was still a good yes. striker, but you know, his ERA was up. His one loss record was not particularly good. You know, like overall in his last uh, ten seasons, but, right. you know, he was just durable. I mean, like you can look at uh, Jamie Moore, who. Uh, I think he's pitched up till the age of 46. Wow. And well, he's not um, exactly a physical specimen. Um, one thing that's not going to be going and going will be us because we're going to take a short break um, for these commercials <laughs> and we'll be back after these messages with more on notinthehall.com. Um, we're, we're going to talk about who deserves a hall pass after these messages. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Have you tried to do CPA conversions using social PPC and failed? You're not alone. These days, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube require true specialists to dominate. Aim clear, the agency 
brings definitive psychographic targeting, bleeding edge creative, and killer content amplification to the social advertising table. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101. On demand anytime inside the search engine optimization channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're back. We're talking about um, one of the more interesting blogs on the web um, called NotInTheHall.com. And no, not in Hall of Fame dot com. Not in the Hall of Fame dot com. I'm sorry. Not in Hall and of Fame. Not in Hall of Fame dot com. Correct. Yes. And um, and so we're going to talk about some of the some of the snubs that um, have just uh, on my list and your list. And yeah. um, and so one thing that struck me, I was. Um, it's interesting that you started off with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I saw yeah. a quote um, that said. Um, I'm trying to make see if I can find it. It says that um, let's see the Houston Press notes for the Rock and Hall the Rock Hall to honestly not infuriate you. Reality has to be suspended. Rationality has to be thrown under the bus. Um, <laughs> is, do people get more infuriated over the the Rock Hall than other halls? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Rock and baseball are definitely the number one and number number two in terms of what just really strikes people's passion. In rock and roll especially, I mean, really, sometimes the biggest argument that people will make against someone going in is, quote, that's not rock and roll, end quote. And yet, you know, rock and roll itself is, I think, very difficult to define. Right. So, um. yeah, that's where you find piles of people just getting super passionate. Uh, lately, and you're asking me sort of what feedback I've been getting. For whatever reason, uh, a Janet Jackson fan site has found us, and wow. they are, I'm sort of being, not bombarded, but, you know, there's been a lot of comments on that, on, on that, on that uh, section, uh, I think Janet's ranked in seven right now. Uh, it, it's, that's just some people who are very passionate about that, and, you know, the, the Kiss, definitely, I mean, they, they were, they've been upset for years why they're not in. Uh, Rush, same thing, but then Rush just got in. Much to the joy of the owner of the station. <laughs> <laughs> and the owner of my site, yes. Uh, so cause we had them number one for uh, second and third year. That we and, had about, the site. and right now, number one is Nirvana. Uh, how yes. can Nirvana not be in the Hall of Fame? Well, they, they, they probably will be. They just qualified now. Okay. So to qualify for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you have to be 25 years after your first, after your first album. I'm okay. sort of ambiguous with them. Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame essentially put in 
if they really want to make make an excuse to put in someone, they will. Smokey Robinson got in before 25 years after his first solo album. So Nirvana had some recordings in 1988. Wasn't a full album. The first full album didn't come in in 1989. But you know, when we reached out to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, saying, "Are you eligible in 2013 or 2014?" No answer. So, so um, we're going by their first recordings and only based on what we're calling the Smokey Robinson rule. So the um, the last 2013 nominees were the Paul Butterfield Blues Band, Chic, yes. Deep Purple, mm-hmm. Heart, Joan Jett, Albert King, um, Kraftwerk, The Marvelettes, The Meters, Randy Newman, NWA, Procol Harum, Public Enemy, Rush, and Donna Summer. I mean, Randy yep. Newman, that just astounds me. Well, he, you know, he got in, though. And that's the thing. Um, well, I was, I mean, it, it, Randy Newman, personally, I'm not a huge fan of his. Having said that, I, I know that actually one of my top writers is a major fan of his and wrote a blog on the site, uh, Why Randy Should Be In. But, you know, I, I, there's just something about his music that personally doesn't appeal to me, but that's my own opinion, and I try and keep my opinion out of it as much as possible when I do the rankings, or no, when we I, all look at the rankings together. No, I am... Um... I, I, we we're out here in Los Angeles, and you know one of the benefits of being here is sometimes you're able to see um, you know well-known acts in very small venues, and um, we actually saw Pat Benatar and Neil Gerardo play at a, a venue of about 300, um, and it was a great show. And it just dawned to me, I was like, well, I wonder if she's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I was surprised to find she wasn't. Um, and I think she's like 67th on your list. Um, uh, she's up there, yeah. Uh, with Pat Benatar, though, the difficulty for her to get in is when, you, when we look at sort of who the rock and roll inducts in terms of what we know as rock and roll, just like the pure rock that Pat Benatar was known for, uh, at least all her biggest hits were of that vein, they weren't really blues-oriented. So if you look at a lot of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees that were sort of rock stars, as you know, part of the term, a lot of them had that blues background. Although Pat did put out a wonderful blues album that didn't she did, perform yeah. very well, like you know that she went against her type. But Pat's got one of those great voices, and I think that she should get in personally, uh, especially to when the hall wants to sort of come up with some kind of gender equity. And Pat Benatar was that for about a, I'd say a good four or five year span, really the queen of rock. From 80 to 85. Oh, yeah. And um, although there is an, actually, there is a question about to what extent is the, um, you know, has the Rock, rock and Roll Hall of Fame been um, ignoring women? They're getting better. But, and having said that, there's only so many that, let's you know, call it the way it is, that really should sort of be inducted. So, Hart was a wonderful induction. Uh, I know Donna Summer, that, that's one that a lot of people don't like, you know, because they're going to call, you know, just say, well, it's a disco act. Yeah, she was, yeah, that's, I understand but, that. But, but still, uh, you know, then that's saying, well, then that whole genre, it's easy to laugh at that genre, but, you know, at the same time, though, it, it produced some music that still people love to hear today. And Which is a good test, actually. It, it is, it is, because there's a lot of people... Like uh, one thing also that I'm looking to do for the site later is uh, I'm very fascinated by what songs go to number one and what songs don't. And most of the number one hits, according to Billboard in the United States, 
are songs that have no staying power, yet they went number one. Uh, two useful stock for you. In the 50s, Chuck Berry went number one zero times. Little Richard, never happened. Jerry Lee Lewis, never happened. Carl Perkins, never happened. Alvin and the Chipmunks, twice. <laughs> There's a cultural barometer. <laughs> it is. So I just find that fascinating that I'll hear yourself. Oh, and Chuck Berry, when he finally did go number one, it was a song called My Dingling in the 70, in 72. How, and how long is that? Are you, are you asking about how long ago that was or about this, the title? <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I try not to think of that song. It, it's just, yeah. <laughs> now, um, let, 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 okay, so you also have the sports. So who were your pet peeves on the sports side? Who do you think, you know, my God, how can they be so dense? Or to Up. steal a phrase from Shawshank, <laughs> obtuse. <laughs> nice. Um, well, Pete Rose, uh, Pete Rose, Shoeless Joe, those, those, that bothers me predominantly. Uh, I, Kramer won, obviously. I'm kind of upset about that. I'll, I'll never understand that. But recently, I felt really bad for Spencer Haywood. Yes. I was under the impression that he was going to get in and wasn't. Now has he reached the point where he can't? Because it's um, in, until they have this, the whether the senior citizens vote. Well, basketball Hall of Fame, like if I if you're to ask me, like which Hall of Fame sort of in that is might be the worst run. I, I I'd say it's the basketball Hall of Fame. There's not the guidelines they have are pretty much five years after they finish their pro career, but they're also combining what they've done internationally in college, which is all fine and good, but. At the same time, it doesn't really, you, you don't really, for a sport that's so big and has grown so much since Michael Jordan, the Basketball Hall of Fame remains largely NBA. ignored. Yeah. Well, it's not an NBA Hall of Fame because it's a, ba- it's a basketball Hall of Fame, and a lot of the people who get in, it's just, they don't, there are a lot of players that are not even that well known. And but but Spencer Hayward was uh, you know pretty dominant in his time. Uh, he was, and, and you know I was really happy. I remember sort of when I heard that because uh, they they said Spencer was going to get in based on what he was telling other reporters. So I remember reporting that myself, and then you know a day later it's like, well, no, it turns out he wasn't. Which you know makes it sort of interesting where he got that that sort that sort of information, and you know the whole case of Spencer Hayward sort of uh, it's sad in its own way. Well, how so? What happened? Well, Spencer Haywood, I mean, just because it took so long for him to actually sort of get into the sport, really because of his hardship case, uh, with the whole deal with the ABA and the NBA. So he lost some some time that way. And he did a few things that probably did not help his career uh, long term. But, I mean, he he was a dominant player. So... I mean, I we had him. We still have him at number three. The basketball revisions go up in two weeks, so it's for some people, you just know it means a lot more to them than others, and that's some somebody you just sort of go out for because you know it means a lot to them. And I like that you had Bob Dandridge. I, I thought you know he was a great player. I actually saw him play um, with the Bucks, and uh, you know and he was also a major. A role and the Bullets Championship, so I think it's good that you highlight him in the um, top ten. Now, what about um, baseball, other than Rose and uh, Shoeless? Uh, well, McGuire got a lot, but Roger Maris was one that initially when it came out, we hadn't ranked much, much higher, and 
people just, uh, well, they, they pushed his rank down considerably. Uh, I want to say he was number 11 when it started. He's down to 94, I think, right now, because the votes for him were not good. Sometimes when I look at the Hall of Fame, I think, well, the key word to me is fame. Roger right. Maris, yeah, was, he a, was he a career Hall of Fame player? Well, probably not. But you know, he had two of the greatest seasons ever for New York Yankee when especially that one season where really everyone did not really want him to see, want him to succeed. Right. It was just Don't a break nice, that record. Right. He was a nice good country kid who really wasn't handling it all that well, but he still persevered. Uh, it's the same thing with Paul Henderson up in Canada. Uh, I'm not sure how familiar you are with uh, the seventy two Summit series. The seventy two Summit series? What in hockey? Yeah, uh, between, with the Soviets? Yeah, between Canada and the Soviet Union. And Paul Henderson scored the winning goal, that one for Canada, which uh, every year is celebrated. It's, uh, there's been TV movies about it, documentaries about it. I mean, granted, only in Canada, but still, I mean, it's the land of hockey here after all. Henderson, overall in his career, did he have a Hall of Fame career professionally? Well, no. And everyone always says, well, if he didn't score the goal, no one would really think about him for the Hall, but he did score it. That's right. Is Tretiak in the hall? Yes, he is. I, I mean, that was, that's one that amazed me when the Soviets came to the U.S. to play was that you had kids playing in the street, and you know the goalie they were wanting to be wasn't you know Ken Dryden or, or you know Jerry Cheever, but it was Tretiak, you know the Soviet was, goalie. And it's sort of, I think that's sort of where sports sort of bonds us and then separates us at the same time. Uh, I mean, especially the Olympics. So we look at everything as a way to sort of compete. Like we judge our country's value sometimes based on that. Uh, I know for for Canadians, it was sort of really embarrassing for us to host two Olympic games and have zero gold medals. Thank God, Vancouver, we did very well. <laughs> Thank God for Mr. Coffee. Um... Oh, okay, cause, but it is. But that's sort of what bonds us. But at the same time. You always have that respect. I mean, Trechek, yeah, he was the evil Soviet, quote-unquote, but you had to respect his play, and we did. Right. Everybody did. And I think the only reason the U.S. got the gold medal in, in 80 was because they took Trechek out during the game. Um, and I think had they left him in, they would have won the game. But um, now one thing that this strikes me, and, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in a meritocracy to an extent, and – if there's one player that just screams at me on on your list, it's Ray Guy. Um, you know, he was he was one of the few um, punch, punters to be drafted high. Um, throughout his career, he was uniformly recognized as the best in his position, um, and if not one of the best punters ever in league history. And yet, you know, he's been out of the hall for how many years now, and he he, he he's not even close. Uh, yeah, no, he really didn't. Uh, I think he was a finalist maybe once, and now he's not eligible for the ballot anymore unless I was a senior candidate. And the senior candidates, they're always, they're looking really, really far back to like the 50s and 60s. So Ray Guy, I'd love to see him get in. If, if special teams, I mean, that's a, certainly the, the redheaded stepchild of uh, football for sure. But you can't sort of deny what this man's done, and he did reinvent that position. He did, and um, and and it's just that he was uniformly year after year, you know, uh, on the uh, the All Star team, and um, you know, I, just, I never there was never a moment when you didn't think that guy was a huge asset to the Raiders. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. 
But uh, that just goes back to the... Anyway, I, every time I think about that, I remember um, was it, Peyton Manning and who was his kicker at the time? Not Vanderjet. Was it Vanderjet? Uh, it was when the Colts uh, lost the Super Bowl, and he, uh, the kicker, I want to say Mike Vanderjet, and I hope I'm right on that, uh, said, well, you know, I was trying to inspire Peyton, and then Peyton Manning, who never blows up at anybody in public, goes off on that, well, that idiot kicker. And it just almost makes you think, okay, well, that's, at the end of the day, they're always going to be the second-class citizens in the NFL. Right, the wide lefts of, of the world. The wide and... left, yes. Yes, everyone knows wide left. How many people know is Scott Norwood's name? Well, probably less. But um, we have to make sure we're not going to be wide left, so we're going to be taking a, a break shortly. But um, if people want to learn more about the website, um, where should they go? Uh, just uh, go right on the site, notinhalloffame.com. And we've got a lot of interactive sections, and votes do count. Uh, every year we base a lot of rankings really on what people say and how they vote because that's, not just our site, it's for everyone. All right, well, I want to thank you for joining us. We're going to take a break, and uh, we'll come back and wrap up. But um, thank you for joining us. And, um, My pleasure. And um, so definitely check out Not in the Hall, and you're going to have some updates shortly. And um, yeah, maybe awesome. con- consider um, the Internet Hall of Fame. Um, who knows? I'll put ourselves in first. And of course, and we'll have to see whether there's badminton or some other sports to add as well. But um, thank you for joining us, and we'll be back after these messages. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link-building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G digital.com. Time now for another exciting episode of Face of Analytics. Brought to you by AnalyticsSEO.com. In our last adventure, our hero was fending off his evil nemesis, Rhino the Algorithm. That ruthless rhino has updated the algorithm again, and our website is falling down the rankings fast. Have no fear. Use our automated SEO tool to stay updated and to monitor your site with detailed reports. Or use our multi-site project management tool to manage all of your sites to stay on top. Take it from our fearless friend and be your own SEO hero with AnalyticsSEO.com. 
Podcastradio.fm has compressed thousands of podcasts and all of our radio shows into the ultimate internet marketer's knowledge base. Introducing the new WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, absolutely free and now available for iPhone and Android users. Listen to our live broadcasts at the push of a button or access our complete archive of shows, past and present, like SEO 101, Affiliate Buzz, The Shoe Money Show, The Daily Searchcast, and so much more. Read through our blog for continuous industry news and programming updates and socialize with us through all of our social media channels, including Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and YouTube. Download the new WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, a must-have for every internet marketer on Earth. Download it now from the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store today. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're back. This is Bennett Kelly. You're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report here uh, in the heart of Silicon Beach. And um, tonight, um, as the, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins travel to Boston Garden, um, for Game Three of their um, conference um, finals, um, it's a good time to to kind of refocus on Boston, and um, there's been a, a great response to the uh, the tragedy that occurred there and the bombing. But this there's, there's still um, more that needs to be done in terms of fundraising and then helping the people and the victims um, who are going to have years of therapy and need need help with expensive prosthesis. And so um, we have with us um, Mark Platt, who um, has actually writ- had come up with a song called The, the Best of America um, that is playing on YouTube and is circulating virally. And um, if you download the song, the proceeds actually go to um, the charity helping the Boston victims. And so um, we, I thought we have Mark. Um, how is it this came about? Uh, good morning, Bennett. Um, what happened was, I was actually, I had on MSNBC that morning, and the bombing had just happened um, in the afternoon in Boston at near the finish line, or uh, I guess it was around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I noticed right after the bombing happened that people were running towards where the bombs went off and dragging people out and carrying people out, and I saw heroism on television that I hadn't seen since 9-11, and I just thought it was extraordinary. And the song Best in America is actually about how people rose to the occasion and put their, their own lives in jeopardy, you know, to do it. And uh, it's about the citizens that actually went, aided the people. Um, I, I don't really want to focus on the people that perpetrated the crime, but more the people that actually were first responders. And I think it does speak very highly for the community there and um you know that that that's boston that's who they are absolutely and i believe that that most americans are that way i mean i i feel that you know we don't really get to see every day the best in america um people are doing things you know getting dragged out of their homes and foreclosed on all these things and and their friends and their families are taking them in. They're doing, you know, we, we this happens every day in America, and I, I, I believe that we don't 
get a chance to focus on the Captain America a lot. And, but it's there, and you can see it if you look for it. Now, um, so tell tell us about how you know how you're marketing the video and what the response has been. Well, I'll tell you what happened. Um, I wrote the song, and then I played it out at a few of my shows and a few open mics, and I got such a strong response, and people were just, like, cheering. <laughs> it was really kind of wild because you don't see that in Los Angeles too often. What I did is I reached out to two of my fellow singer-songwriters, two younger guys. I'm a little bit older than them. And I said, hey, I'd love you to come in and sing this song with me. And uh, I played them the song. And, you know, they had heard it, and then they, they, they immediately said yes. And then I reached out to my friend Don Teschner, who used to play in my band a long time ago, who left my band to join Rod Stewart's band. He paid him a lot better, I guess. And um, he immediately said yes without even hearing the song, and he came down and played violin on it. And uh, we took out our iPhones, and we, uh, you know, we kind of filmed what we were doing while we were doing it. And then Matt Cabus, who produced the track, um, he's one of the young guys, he, uh, he mixed and, and put the song together, and then I edited the video, put the video up on YouTube, and then uh, we got uh, BFM Digital decided they would release it for us worldwide, pro bono, by the way. Everybody who's done anything for this thing has done it pro bono. And they released it worldwide, and it charted at number 18 on the new release chart on iTunes the first week. And the video is almost up to 50,000 views on YouTube. We actually have the video queued up. Would you would it be okay to play a clip from it? Yeah, let's hear it. All right, Brasco, take it away. Hi, I'm Mark Platt. Like many oh, Americans, I was moved by the reaction and the heroism by the people of Boston during the Boston Marathon bombings. I wrote the song you're hearing right now called The Best in America after I saw the first responders and a lot of ordinary citizens come to the aid of the injured. I got together with some friends, Matt Cavis and Kevin Lawrence, and along with violin player Don Teschner, we recorded this song and made the accompanying video. Please check out KLP's Best in America video. See it on YouTube and many of the major outlets. And if you could download the MP3 file from any of the major outlets, all of the proceeds from the video and the MP3s will go to OneFundBoston.org, which is the official charity set up by Mayor Menino and Governor Deval Patrick of Boston, Massachusetts, for the bombing victims. So there you have it. Um, so great, great work on that, Mark. What has been the response from the, the city? It's been really good. In fact, um, we're going to play a show, our first show with the three of us as KLP, which are the last initial, you know, our first initials of our last names, kind of like CSN. It's only it's KLP. <laughs> that's, that's cute, huh? It's going to be Saturday, June 15th at the Jump Cut Cafe in Studio City. Um, and that's 13203 Ventura Boulevard near Coldwater Canyon. And we're going to play our first show together and we're going to do that song and several other, you know, socio-politico type of songs. Not really political, but just, you know, you, with different themes. You know, the, the, the songs for this KLP project are more about what's going on in the country and in the world and not so much love songs and things like that. So that's what we're going to do. Well, I want to um, definitely hats off to you for what you're doing. And uh, it is important because... Um, you know, making sure that we have adequate, you know, support for the people and the victims, um, you know, it's just critical. And so um, your efforts, I, I think, are, are quite admirable. And, 
And I think you you did what they did. You know, they ran into the line and they ran to where people need help. And and that's what you're doing here through this video. And I I just got to thank you. Um, As a New Englander, um, thank you for doing this. Thank you. And everybody, if you go to onefundboston.org, you can donate directly. And if you want to download the single, um, it's on iTunes and Amazon and all these outlets. It's under KLP and then Best in America. And well, I really um, appreciate your time, Bennett. Thank you. Yeah, so thank much. you for coming on. I'm glad you're able to, to address this. And um, definitely, please check it out. If you like the song, you know, download it. And um, you know, the legal way, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, um, and um, because remember, it's for a good cause. So, but um, thanks a lot, Mark. I appreciate you coming on. Um, good luck in the playoffs. Thank you. Yes, let's hope for a sweep. Um, so, in a little time remaining, we do have some news items. Um, one of them was uh, you may recall we some time ago we had um, social entrepreneur um, um, Marty Hebner Stevens on um, with her inventive um, e-commerce operation um, rebags which took recycled materials and, and turned them into fashion accessories and um, it was a great idea and uh, Marty prouded herself on you know following fair labor standards and you know in terms of dealing with international um, production and um, I think her motto was um, you know changing the world um, with style. And so um, Rebags has been doing that for a couple of years, but unfortunately, their last day of, of changing the world with style will be Friday morning. Um, the website will be shutting down. So um, go to the website, check it out. Um, they're having a major sale, clearing out their inventory. And um, if you type in the word goodbye, you get a, I believe it's up to a 60% discount. So please check out Rebags. It's, it's a great site. They've done great work. And um, give, them, give them a check out. Um, we also um, have some updates on IOLA, the co-working space where we uh, broadcast our um, co-worker Palooza uh, segment um, a couple months back. And unfortunately, IOLA is also um, closing its doors. And so um, we wish all those people luck. But I still think the co-working space is going to be um, is significant, um, and it is continuing to grow. You might see some contraction here and there. Um, maybe some people got in too fast too soon, but um, I, I think it, it's definitely going to be an important area that we will kind of get to watch. Um, other developments in terms of on the news front, there was a major ruling on um, two rulings of interest this month that, came, that bring your attention. One um, is on the area of... Um, in terms of a battle between um, um, Craigslist and um, other sites that have been um, tr- scraping its content and actually running uh, the same ads and content on on their own site, and um, so we're going to be talking about that in a little more full um, in, in another segment. But you know, Craigslist has. Had a motion. They um, they filed the complaint and the, they survived a motion to dismiss. So that case is proceeding. Um, just this week in Utah, um, there was a ruling issued on the Can Spam Act that actually suggests that um, using images in email messages um, and that having your disclaimers in the images themselves 
um, given that people use filters and may not download the image, actually could potentially violate the Can Spam Act. I think it's a very troubling ruling because you're just you're you're allowing other people's actions, not your own, to trigger a party's liability. I my view is that if you have a disclosure that is you know fully compliant with the Can Spam Act, the fact that someone has technology that blocks that. Um, shouldn't create liability for you. And so I think there's going to be much debate about um, this. In addition, the uh, um, the ruling also um, addresses the question about whether the plaintiff, Zuba, um, is a proper plaintiff under the Can Spam Act. And one of the elements they cite is uh, they talk time they spend um, investigating what you know the headers and trying to determine who's responsible for the emails, but I see that as something that's more akin to someone who is actually uh, preparing a case to be a plaintiff rather than your standard ISP. So we'll have some more information on that. Uh, we're also hoping to do a segment in the future on uh, updates on um, crowdfunding. Uh, what, where where have we been since a, the passage of the Job Act? Um, the Securities and Exchange Commission's regulations were due more or less in January, and they uh, we haven't seen anything yet. So um, they're definitely dragging their feet there. So, but we'll give have an update at a future show on where we are in crowdfunding. So um, that's all we have today. I um, hope you enjoyed our little sports segment. Um, it should be an interesting NBA Finals. Um, two great teams and uh, the um, the Heat um, in making it to the finals or. Joining a league group of teams, only a handful have actually um, won and gone to the final. You know, won the conference championship and gone to the finals three years in a row, and the Heat now has done that. Um, so, best of luck to all of them. It should be fun, and good luck to the Kings and the Bruins. And uh, that would be a fun series if they can both make it to the Cup. But um, we'll be back and uh, next time. And I want to thank you all for joining us. Court is adjourned. You've been listening to Cyber Law and Business Report. This is Bennett Kelly broadcasting from the Internet Law Center in Santa Monica, California. All the best, everyone. Cheers. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.